Well, let's uh, let's jump in here. Might as well just go for it. Uh, I've decided to make some bold assumptions, which you really aren't supposed to do as a teacher. But you know what? We're gonna go for it. Um, I'm gonna assume that we want to jump into Lord of the Rings today. Yes. So we're just gonna jump in. I that's think not that's even a, good a bold assumption. assumption. That's a safe assumption. That's a that's safe that's one. My bold assumption, though, then, is that you are reading the pages in the guidebook that talk to you about your final exam. That's a bold assumption, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. So, you guys, your final exam is right here. It's on Academy Central in three different locations. Um, and then it's right here on page 167, 168, 169. And then the literal pages for the exam are 170, 171, 172, and 173. That's your final exam. Read it, get to know it. I will talk about it later, but that's the assumption is that you know what it is, you know where it is, and that you can start on it anytime. It is due the day of the final. Okay, got that, we good? The other thing that I'm making a huge bold assumption of is that you're reading the small textbook that you're reading Act 5. And uh, in that assumption, I read it last week. It actually works pretty well with what we're doing in class. Um, and so it will extend what I've talked about. It'll give you context for what I've talked about. It'll help you make sense out of your final exam. Go team. So let that feel like college. I told you where it is. I gave you reading and explanation on it. And now you just get to go for it, okay? So that being said, what I'm going to do is have us just jump right into Lord of the Rings today. And what I'm going to do today and block day is use the opening scene of Fellowship of the Ring, the, uh, a little bit from Silmarillion, and a little bit from The Hobbit to help model for you how all these great stories point to the, the true great story that we are in. <laughs> I like that popcorn thing. We may have to get that going for seventh period next week, huh? We're oh, watching yeah. some of these movies. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. I like that. We make that happen. All right. It smells really good. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're gonna have to go big. We'll have to go big with the popcorn next week. So everybody gets a little something, something. Um, I didn't pray yet, did I? No, I'm gonna pray. Let me pray. I'll pray. I already prayed, or are we going to pray twice? Did I pray? Let's just pray. Well, we're just going to go for it. Let's pray. Lord, I uh, ask for your blessing on making sense out of this class, and I pray for some of us that it would really start to piece together. And then for some of us, we've never thought about movies this way. We've never really considered how they could apply to our lives so directly, particularly the Christian story from Christian authors. Um, so I pray that that would be clear, and that some of us would get inspired and uh, guide our understanding and guide us towards your truth. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Cool. Um, if you have not watched Fellowship of the Ring, this might inspire you to watch it by next week when we spend the entire week on it. Okay? This is just going to be an intro. Like I said, I'm trying to help you understand how we can take these big epic stories and apply them to our lives. The last thought before I, I hit go on it is one of the reasons why I'm intentionally using these fantasy stories. Because I could use Star Wars, I could use Harry Potter, I could use Narnia, I could use 
Iliad and Odyssey, like I have all those and they would work fine. One of the reasons why I love Tolkien is it so directly and intentionally points us to the Christian story. He's a Christian author. He says in his preface that he wants us to glean applicability from it. So he says all that, okay? That's what we're going to do as we watch this. What makes it great is that there's supernatural stuff in it. Like I've been saying all day, when Gandalf rolls into town, having a supernatural character in your town is what? normal it's cool it's kind of normal for them wouldn't that be great to have that just be more normal around here where not everybody has to be a wizard not everybody has to work in miracles and signs and wonders but can we at least let the people who want to and can do it and have it maybe be normal that's the feel i want to give you with this okay all right let's hit the lights but you might shut the door as well i think that'll be helpful for other classes All right, we get Galadriel at the beginning here. I'm gonna stop it a bunch because we're in my class. We're studying a film, not necessarily just watching a movie. You can watch it on your own. Okay, it's part of the assignment. And I'm at 1.53 in the workbook if you wanna doodle or take notes. Otherwise, just watch. The world is changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost. For none now live who remember it. Oh, yeah. began with the forging of the great rings. Three were given to the elves, immortal, wisest, and fairest of all beings. Seven to the dwarf lords, great miners and craftsmen of the mountain halls. And nine, nine rings were gifted to the race of men who above all Alrighty. else desire power. That's how you have to say power. For within these rings was bound the strength and will to govern each race. Sweet! Alright, now we're going to get back to it, don't worry, we'll get back to it, but... Get a little light in here. Uh, who wants a ring? I'll take a ring. At this point in the story, right, you, you're just in the story, this angelic dude shows up, he makes powerful rings that will help you be a better you. You'll be a better leader, you'll be wiser. I, you guys can't be more beautiful, so we, that won't happen. You'll be better at soccer. You'll be better at music. You'll be better at art. You're just a better, you're a more powerful version of you, and you're going to have wisdom and strength to rule and govern and lead. Who wants a ring? Seriously, who would want a ring? Yeah, most of us would take a ring. That's just like, power's not bad, especially if you're going to use power to lead and to help. Galadriel takes a ring. It's going to make her better as a wise queen. Like, Right? We're good? Uh, what would be reasons not to take that type of magic ring, powerful ring? What? Well, yeah, but wait, no, at this point of the story, what would be a reason not to? Yeah, you got it. If you're greedy for power, 
and you know that it might corrupt you. What's the Spider-Man quote? Uh, that, that, right? Like, that's a big responsibility. Being more powerful has consequences. So you might be like, eh, thanks, but no thanks, right? What's another reason why you might not want a powerful ring? Anybody? Yeah. That's, come on, let's do it up right there. That's a great quote. When you're given something, yeah, when you're given something that's powerful, if you don't know how to use it, if you haven't worked for it, you, you very likely won't be able to manage it well. Uh, that, that's nice work. <laughs> that's a good one. Right? I think there's something that, that some of us can really dig into there on the discipleship process. Maybe that's one of the reasons why there's a process here. So if you're not willing to work for it, maybe you're not willing to... Maybe you shouldn't be wielding it. Good. What's another reason? Yeah. Okay, you have power. You have a powerful ring. That's going to be a magnet, right? Like people are going to want that. So that's going to, it, it could be threatening, right? So again, I want you to see there are reasons to say no. You had another one over here. Yeah, what were you going to say? Same thing. Same thing. Okay, good. I thought that maybe trustless stuff, like who is this angelic being? Like what's going on there? Maybe you got a little nudge like that. But generally, Generally, we would all take more power, and that's not necessarily bad, right? So before we jump back, we will. Just give me a second here. If you look at the workbook, I made those things on purpose to look like rings. Everybody see that? So we've got these four rings. Now in here, it's a physical thing that makes you more powerful to lead and govern. There's lots of interpretations for Lord of the Rings. I'm not talking allegory here. Just put my lit hat on in a philosophy class, knowing Tolkien's a Christian, could, could Tolkien be saying something along these lines? There's this powerful guy who hands out power for people to rule and govern in their tribe. Well, what if we had certain tribes, right? We have the Natashaites. The Natashaites, Queen Natasha, right? I'd vote for you, there you go. All right, uh, so Queen Natasha, where do you guys wanna live? Mountains, you want to live in the jungle, on the beach, what do you guys want? Forest. forest? You know, but they're, the Natashaites are living in the forest, right? And so we got Queen Natasha, and all the little kids are running around doing forest things. And then one kid, yeah. one kid unfortunately falls out of a tree in the forest and dies. And so they, they come to Queen Natasha and they say, hey, hey, wait, what, what happens when we die? And what are you going to have to do? You're the queen. You're gonna have to tell them what? Explain that. Something. And then someone fights over here and someone steals somebody's bow and arrow. Hey, are we allowed to just steal in our tribe? And now you're gonna define what for everybody? Morality, right? And, and so it's powerful to be a leader in a tribe, but then you're gonna come up with that tribe. So imagine if we just went around the room and we got different tribes out there and this tribe maybe is more monism. And she explains, hey, when we die, we just kind of go in the earth and then we all come back around. There's a tribe over there in the mountains and they're more idealism. And like, we're trying to strive for perfection. There's a tribe over there that maybe they're in the desert and the material, like, right, see what's going on? And what I want you to get a taste of is someone at some point with power and influence created all the religions on our planet. Is that like, People gave answers to other people. They had power and authority. So someone invented Buddhism. 
someone invented, does that make sense? And what they were doing is they're answering questions for these people. Oh, hey. And those are, that's power, isn't it? To be able to answer these big, hard questions. What I want to propose is what if there's a dude who's going around handing out powerful answers to questions around the world helping these tribes grow and develop over the past four to six thousand years of recorded history. And do these people grow in their power? Is Buddhism or Hinduism a powerful force right now? Yeah, yeah it is in our world, right? And, and you can see how in this Middle Earth concept that angelic dude hands out those powerful rings and it creates these powerful beings to lead and govern. Ready to get back in? But they were all of them deceived. Ah, shoot! <laughs> for another ring was made. In the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged in secret a master ring to control all others. And into this ring he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One ring to rule them all. One by one, the free lands of Middle Earth fell to the power of the ring. Power. Ah, shoot, what just happened? Bad thing. <laughs> yeah, we all took those rings. We're governing these different tribes. We're giving out answers. We have that power. And all of them were what? Tricked. I love the, the linguistics of the script is really precise. All of them were deceived. And the dude's got his will to dominate, dominion to dominate, to enslave. He's cruel. Can we see potentially how that has maybe happened on our planet? This cruel angelic being has gone out there and handed out these different philosophies, these different worldviews to powerful, influential people, and they've used the power of these different worldviews to build these different isms and religions and perspectives on our planet. Yet all the time they've been what? Tricked. Tricked. Shoot. Now that's happening in this story. For me, when I watch that, I'm like, oh. Wait, no, that's pointing to our story. Over the years, think of the implications of all the lies and deception. Now in this class, we've worked really hard. I've worked so hard to honor all the other worldviews, right? Now, is there truth in these other worldviews? Yes, there's truth, but is it the full picture? No. Well, there's two ways to say it. When my kids come and talk to me, if they only tell me half the truth, quite frankly, that's really what? <laughs> a lie. <laughs> now, is there truth in what they're saying? Yeah, but if it's not the whole truth, it's a lie. We get that. We don't want to be tricked with partial truths or a partial perspective on something. And so while we want to honor all the other worldviews with the truth that's in them, quite frankly, we also have to be honest with the fact that there's a lot of lie there as well. And the whole truth is what we really want, 
if you don't have the whole truth or someone's given you partial truth, they've really lied to you. Well, if that's true then, what has happened to you guys? It's not millions, billions of people on our planet. They've been what? Lied to, they've been deceived. What do we do about that? That's a huge deal. And Paul talks about it in terms, especially in Ephesians and Romans, he calls it war. Now, I am not in an extremist training camp for you guys. I am going to use battle language and war metaphor. Narnia does, Lord of the Rings does, Paul does in the New Testament. It is war, but remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is against what, though? The principalities and the rules, rulers in this dark world. It's a war of ideology. It's a war of worldview. And we need to love, right? Our weapons are not the weapons of this world. Our weapons are love and truth and grace and forgiveness and mercy. But also, they're, they're weapons. I think that's the key, like they're weapons. Fair enough? We catching it? Mm. Enough? But I like what's next, because I love that our mascot at this school is the warriors. War ears, right? But there were some who resisted. Yeah, all right. A last alliance of men and elves marched against the armies of Mordor, and on the slopes of Mount Doom, they fought for the freedom of Middle-earth. Fought for freedom, freedom, right? Fighting these the ideologies and worldviews. Could not be undone. What's it like fighting materialism <laughs> as a global worldview? Or idealism? Or even monism? Yeah, the dude behind all these lies. It's a big deal, isn't it? It's be overwhelming. Yeah. It's hard. This discipleship this moment, thing? When all hope had faded, that Isildur, son of the king, took up his father's sword. Son of the king, father's sword? Come on, that's good. That's rich. peoples of Middle-earth was defeated. The ring passed to Isildur, who had this one chance to destroy evil forever. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> but the that. hearts of men are easily corrupted. Ah, bummer. 
Uh, it's, it's almost like it sounds like Christ, doesn't it? Son of the king, father's sword, destroy evil forever. But is he Jesus? No, he's who? He's a Sildor, right? This is the third age of Middle Earth, not the fourth age. Right, we're in the fourth age right now. Now you're all like, wait, maybe it's a story. I know, I go, okay. But then you can see how Tolkien's trying to set that up. He, but, but that points to our need for rescue and for being saved from this oppressive, massive, evil force, right? And actually, in our story, do we have a savior who is the son of a king, who takes up the father's sword and destroys evil forever? Do we have that? Yeah, we actually do, which is awesome. Amen, right? Go team. Are we seeing it? Cool. Now, what I wanted to do with the first 15 minutes of class is give you that epic. Like, do you see the epicness? That's what I love about Star Wars. It's like galaxies are involved here. It's huge. And, and I think, don't forget that you, you and I were, were born into a war zone. We're not in heaven. We're not in hell. We're in the middle on what planet? Earth. We're born into it. We woke up today in a war zone. Now, often the suburbs don't feel like that. There are places on our planet that feel like it, aren't there? And actually, the suburbs, quite frankly, can feel like it. They can get pretty brutal around here. When we start saying that the war is not just physical all the time either, right? Much of it, most of it, is a spiritual battlefield that we woke up into. So I want you to catch the scope of that. You and I are in this huge epic war. And so Tolkien's Lord of the Rings does a fabulous job with that epic feel. It's it's Middle Earth. It's this huge battle. We good? All right, and a, and a battle for ideology. Now, there's lots of ways to interpret Lord of the Rings. I just like that one for this class. It fits really well. What I also like about Lord of the Rings, though, is as Tolkien, as a Christian author, uh, does macrocosm stuff for us, but he also does the microcosm stuff. We're going to see now that this ring itself is bonky, right? Like it, 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 it betrays, it deceives, it poisons, it consumes. That's weird. But also, we bring it down to just one character here with Gollum. So we get this big epic scope, but these tales also allow for that personal connection where you and I can just see a character to identify with. So I want to do that for a little bit, unless there's any questions. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. All right. And the ring of power has a will of its own. should not have been forgotten were lost. History became legend. Legend became myth. Oh, uh, we'll get back to it, don't worry, but like one of my favorite lines in the entire 12 hours, especially for this class, you can see why I bolded it and made it all huge in the workbook. History, like literal real life history becomes what? Oh, it's a legend. It's kind of a tall tale. And then becomes what? 
myth and fantasy. And I think this, I, I wrote in my little textbook, like I think if, if Tolkien got to watch the movies, he would have been like, yes, yeah, they got it, they got it, yes. That's exactly what Lewis and I are trying to convey. That, that the real life mythic, amazing, epic story that's powerful and supernatural has now just ended up as what? Only a myth. Not history, but like only a myth. And that, like, he writes that into his fantasy story, which is a myth, it's fantasy. But I don't know what the Barna stats are. I should probably look it up. Um, but it's easily probably 70 to 80% of our waking world right now believes that the Bible is what? Fantasy, it's myth. Like, let me give you a case, sorry, let me give you a case of this. If I had gone over here and went, okay, we got enough time. Are you ready? You're good? Okay. Yeah? All right. And we got a special guest here. Gonna come in. Um, I have Gandalf. He's going to come in and talk to you guys for the rest of class about some stuff. What do you guys think? Is that cool? Yeah. Give him a big welcome when he comes in. <laughs> now, I think, thank you for playing along a little bit, but some of you are like, but no, I'm not talking about the actor. Now, you guys, Gandalf from the books is in the hall. He's going to come in. For real. Now, what are some of you thinking right now? I pushed that a little too far, didn't I? Crazy. Yeah, because can that happen? No. No, it can't. Like, thank you. No, it can't. Like, can Gandalf from the books walk in the door? No. Now you're trying to, like, Mr. D, like, what are you doing? Like, no, it's exactly what I'm doing. See, for most of you, you're like, oh, thanks for playing, Mr. D. That was cute. But it's not what? Real. It's not real. Gandalf, the guy from the book, can't walk into the room because it's what? fake, it's fantasy. So you, you understand that if I were to say, do you, you ready, Phoebe? You guys, you ready to come in? Yeah, oh yeah. For most people on the planet, when I say, well, Jesus is out there, he's going to come walk in the room. They're thinking what? The exact same thing. The exact same thing. Like, guys, you're nuts, right? Another fantasy character. Now, some of you are just getting a little taste of what that feels like, because most of you, not everybody, but most of you in the room, grew up marinating in the fact that the Bible's real. Even if you don't, honestly, don't believe it, you still like kind of do, right? But when I say, for some of you, when I say, no, Jesus in the flesh is in the hall, he's going to walk in, some of you are like, some of you are like, that, that what? That actually could happen, couldn't it? Because for some of you, you actually believe it could. <laughs> right? Now, many of you believe that that's true, that it could happen, but like, no, if I like, no, like, if I kept playing it, you'd like, stop messing with us, Dominguez, because that one, Really, you, I really could mess with you, couldn't I? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was awesome. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Oh, dude. Come on. I could have played that better. <laughs> Mic drop right there. <laughs> Did that really just happen? Thank you, Sean. That was perfect. I just said Jesus might walk in the room. And then you open the door and walk to the room. <laughs> All right. I just want to give you a taste of that. But here's the key. What a lot of Christians do is they downplay the fantasy side of the Bible. And they say, oh, that really was history, but it's not crazy fantasy. And what Lewis and Tolkien want us to catch is, no, no, no. Keep it in. The, don't fight that statement by saying, no, the Bible's not fantasy. It's history. What would they say? No, the Bible is fantasy and it's history. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's a crazy fantasy story. You're right. And it's actually the true one. 
but we're in it. And the characters, like, we could bring in a talking donkey. <laughs> we could bring in Peter, James, and John. Like, we could bring those people through the door because they were real people, a real donkey who walked the planet, and it really happened. Right? Keep going? All right. And for two and a half thousand years, Here it is. the ring passed out of all night. Which is kind of cool, the timing for that. Until, when chance came, it ensnared a new bearer. So good. The ring <laughs> came to the creature Gollum, who took it deep into the tunnels of the misty mountains. And there... It consumed him. It eats it. That's so good. Yes, Smeagol. Now, if you're sick of me stopping it, we'll go watch it on your own. <laughs> We're in school. So. But I want you to like, A, look at that. That's cool how the directors made that look like a mouth of the caves. That's kind of cool. Yeah, anyways. What's this guy? Someone said in the corner there. Smeagol, right? What type of creature is this? That's, that's a hobbit. It's a river hobbit. Like, this is a hobbit. How's he doing? Struggling. But wait, real quick. I love what Tolkien did. Has he lost his identity? See, no, he's still a hobbit. He's just struggling as a hobbit. Now, there's some nuance in the story on where this is going, but it's been 500 years and he's still a hobbit, right? I like that. We, we had the verses right over us today. You're a child of God. You're a citizen of the kingdom. You're not going to lose your identity, but what can stuff like this ring, what can sin... The problem with the ring is it's powerful, but what kind of power? Evil. Does it help Gollum selfishly indulge throughout his life? Oh yeah, it helps him get what he wants. Helps him steal, helps him lie, helps him hide, helps him not get caught. The thing is what? powerful a lot of people think well sin that's not that big of a deal it's not that powerful oh no sin's really powerful that's part of the problem is it's powerful it's just what evil and destructive it brings death the thief comes to steal kill and destroy so I love how we get the big macro epic stuff but now here we are one little hobbit in a hole in the ground but look what this one ring does to this one character I'm going to ask you next week. I'll give you a week to think about it. What's your ring? And Tolkien is so brilliant in this. If, if Gollum doesn't destroy this ring, it will do what? It will destroy him. If Frodo doesn't destroy the ring, if Gandalf or Aragorn, if they don't destroy the ring, it will destroy them. So what is it? What is it like right now in your life? If you don't destroy it, which we just learned from Great Divorce, it's already been destroyed on the cross. But if you don't get rid of it, if you don't destroy it, it will destroy you. You know, with most sin, I look at that, and rarely do we see the physical manifestation of it. It's, it happens. Like, are we okay in the corner there, guys? Are we doing all right? Yeah? Uh, I think meth, will, if you've ever seen the pictures of meth addicts, super sad. But meth will do that to you physically. Your teeth will rot out, it'll ruin your intestines, your eyes will sink. It's horrifying. Like, 
It's really sad. And some other drugs do that as well. Meth is brutal. I think disordered eating does that where people's bodies get disfigured. So some of those things will do this to you physically. Where does this mostly happen though? Yeah, mentally, emotionally, relationally. That's your integrity or your dignity just gets destroyed and eroded. And I'll give you a word. I, uh, we have enough time in class. I've been to lots of different churches on my journey. This one's a way, ways back. and I don't think any of you would know who I'm talking about. But at this one church, I was at this pastor, unfortunately, made some really poor choices and had been struggling with lust issues and had an affair with two people in the congregation. It's just brutal. Ruined his career, ruined his reputation, split the church destroyed his family brutal did he lose his identity as a citizen in the kingdom no like right like he's I'll see him in heaven it's just how is his quality of life yeah it's brutal it's horrifying right and actually God has even redeemed that and brought a lot of healing and restoration but right like so I'm sitting there doing lunch with the guy he knows that I teach at Wheaton Academy I said you know what and I'm praying for him, and we, we talked through some of like, what, you had a word for me to take back to those high school students on Monday? It wasn't this, I mean, this was a while back, but I still tell the story. It's like, oh, tell them. Tell them to deal with it in high school. Like, it goes all the way back to junior high and high school. My lost issues go all the way back to then. I never dealt with it. I hit it. And look what happened, right? I'm not trying to scare, right? I'm not trying to scare or guilt or shame. I'm just saying, let's, let's deal with it when? Let's deal with it now, right? Let's, let's, let's get this stuff now. So this type of thing doesn't happen to us. I love the theology embedded even in just one picture from this story. So it's one thing to read mere Christianity or orthodoxy. It's another to see it in a story like this. Fair enough? Thoughts, questions, or comments on that? You know what's sad to me for Gollum? There's a lot of sad things for Gollum. But one of them is like the ring just uses him. It uses him to kind of stick around and not be lost forever. And then once it doesn't need him anymore, it just does what? It dumps him, right? It doesn't care. But Satan doesn't care about us. He just wants to use us. I love screw tape letters. The demons just want to eat us for lunch. Like we're a snack for them. They don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so fixated on it, he doesn't feel like how dark it is around Exactly. He's, he's gotten used to it. It's like allegory of the cave. I, I, you'll see later we talk about but he goes back into the cave. He's come out, but he's gone back into the darkness and the shadow. And he's gotten used to it. And he almost, it's weird because he, like, he loves it, but he hates it, right? Which is, which is where we are with sin, right? We, we, we like it. That's that little lizard on the shoulder, but we hate it because we know it's destroying us. Ah, yeah, no, great connection. Keep going. The ring brought to Gollum unnatural long life. Unnatural. For 500 years it poisoned his mind. Right. And in the gloom of Gollum's cave, it waited. Darkness crept back into the forest of the world. Darkness. Rumor grew of a shadow. Shadow. Whispers of a nameless fear. 
and the ring of power perceived. Its time had now come. It abandoned Gollum. But something happened then the ring did not intend. It was picked up by the most unlikely creature imaginable. We'll watch this on block day. A hobbit, Bilbo Baggins of the Shire. For the time will soon come when hobbits will shape the fortunes of all. Right, and what's a hobbit, right? I, mean, I don't think Tolkien wants the metaphor to be like short people. Maybe, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. Right, it's these little people who are kind of overlooked, undervalued, massive potential. I see it. I see high school students in our culture who are overlooked, massive potential, but amazing. Jesus picked a bunch of high school students to change the world, and they did. That's pretty cool, right? In a fellowship, not by themselves, right? There and back again. A hobbit's tale by Bilbo Baggins. So this is the tale that we're using in this class. If you don't know the story, go watch it with someone who does, right? And get to know these little creatures, the hobbits, the elves, and the dwarves, and the men. Middle-earth being, after all, full of strange creatures beyond count. True. Hobbits must seem of little importance. Right? Being neither renowned as great warriors, nor counted among very wise. <laughs> He's laughing. Frodo! Someone at the door! In fact, it has been remarked by some that Hobbit's only real passion is for food. <laughs> a rather unfair observation, as we have also developed a keen interest in the brewing of ales and the smoking of pipe so <laughs> But where our hearts truly lie is in peace. Peace. And good and For all hobbits share a love of things that grow. So great, right? Now, I'll let it go even to the bell, but just another thought or two here. Could Frodo have made it without Sam? It's not, it's not, no, he wouldn't have done it. But you got Frodo, this hobbit, Sam, his gardener. Who are the, who's the new type of hero? Is this Achilles? Is this Odysseus? Is this Beowulf? Is this Superman? No, this is what? A chubby little hobbit. A gardener. Who does what though, you guys? Who does what? Saves Middle Earth. Look what Tolkien's doing. He's rewriting the concept of what it means to be a hero in the epic adventure. It could be who? Which, by the way, what, where did Tolkien get that? 
Right, Gideon. <laughs> Our main hero in the Bible is dirt poor Jesus born in a stable to Mary. Right, like, right, like I love how God picks these people throughout Scripture. Moses, who's just a shepherd, right? And he can pick you and me. I mean, he like he picks those G Peter, James, and John, unschooled fishermen, to change the world. Go Tolkien. Kind of cool. So I want to, can you see how this story can do what? Point to our story. Some of you have never thought like this before. Some of you, this is like, oh yeah, duh to me because I got it. But some of you, the goal is like, oh wait, we can do this with these stories. Your final exam, right, is to pick a story, your favorite <laughs> one, that's got an epic journey in it and try to identify with that character like I've been doing with this. I'm going to give you a few more examples of that. Um, but by Friday, I want you to have picked a story, okay? And then you can start that process and start thinking that way. All right? And yes, no doubt to others, our ways seem quaint. <laughs> but today, of all days, it is brought home to me. <laughs> it is no bad thing to a simple life. Reading. I'll be reading The Hobbit. the timing there we go take care and again a wizard rolls in and it's normal all right this is normal part of life to have that supernatural aspect see you guys take care you could definitely use Harry Potter it's fabulous